mission to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cinenauts! Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Catcher. And welcome to Cinenauts Exploring the Criterion. And beyond. And beyond. On this week, uh... We're going to be continuing our exploration of the killing of a Chinese bookie, which we did last week with uh, my satellite pick, which is the Safdie Brothers Uncut Gems. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is our first sort of test of going beyond uh, our satellite picks and actually discussing them in relation to like our core Criterion movie episode. I'm excited about it. How are you guys feeling? I'm very excited. (laughs) I'm still, I only watched it last night, so I'm still sweating off it. <laughs> it typically takes like six to seven days to fully decompress. <laughs> so true, man. Doctor's <laughs> orders. Yeah. We may or may not, we may have uh, a cool announcement coming out on uh, Monday. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for a little special episode that's going to drop Monday in your feeds. Uh, it should be exciting. It's exciting for us, exciting for listeners as well. Are you guys pumped about that? Very pumped. In your feeds and in your face. <laughs> and it's going to be great. <laughs> it is. It's it is cool. going to be great. I think it's cool. I'm a, I've been a little bit of a nerd like that, though. So, but I think it's cool. <laughs> it is cool. I'm very excited about it. Um, yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, boom. What did you watch this week? Hmm. So I actually didn't watch that much this week. Mm -hmm. Um, As per Catcher and Mel's um, suggestion, I started The Killing, which is like from a million years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess I need something to tide me over because I'm waiting week to week for uh, Mayor of Easttown. (laughs) Um, And so I got through the first... (laughs) I'm just like fully off the wagon, guys. I'm just back on my crime shit. But <laughs> um, I got through the first season. It was really fun to watch. Um, like I for some reason, I was expecting it to be kind of like one of the, the most mind blowing crime shows ever because a lot of people like talk it up. But it's kind of silly. But <laughs> but like in a really fun way where you're fully invested, although it, 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 I've gotten like a little bit into the second season and it's kind of like the intrigue is tapered off for me. Um, it's just like not something that's like fully enjoyable on a like hard mm. binge, but I am like definitely slowly making my way through it and I'm kind of excited to see how it all unravels. I think maybe some mm. of that must have to do with like, it was, so, I'm sure it's not the first or one of them, but you know, uh, it was yeah. back before this wasn't every other show right. on like cable TV is like some sort of cop dark procedural thing, you know, um, mm. that I mean, I imagine if you've seen a lot of that stuff, you know, like the sinner mm-hmm. or, and um, the fall, I guess is yeah. another way, like stuff like that, where it's Ooh, just like, fall, yeah. you like become a little bit more desensitized when those shows tend to ramp things up to like a million percent, but they they really do. And I also like I was dating this Irish guy for a while, 
and he had like copies of all the like British and Irish crime shows, which A are lot, like right? usually, yeah, like they're so m- much more intense, but they're also more focused on like kind of con- what would, what would it be like substance over like the amount of content. Mm. Like I find like the North American crime shows, they kind of are, there's just so much filler. Um, whereas over there you kind of get these like six episode really tight, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you know, well-performed kind of series. Um, so that, I, I guess that's probably like a part of my conditioning <laughs> with that, but Yeah. So, oh, that sounds so weird, especially when I'm, you're talking about it, like, in relation to dating somebody. I was not conditioned by a man. I, I... If, but anyways, if anyone has ever listened to this show, they know. Boom has never. Yeah. There's no, yeah. there's yeah. no yeah. way that's that happening. could be. Yeah. yeah. Zero. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then I finally watched The Farewell. Mm. I don't know why. I've been sleeping on it for so long and I just put it on like over the weekend and I was like absolutely blown away by how stunning and heartfelt it was and how well it's made. It's just like there's so much layer. There's so many layers to it and there's just such good performances that like were drawn out of each like every single actor. Mm -hmm. Um and and I just thought it was so lovely and I like bawled my eyes out, you know, I really just felt my way through it. And the, the, the filmmaking just really allowed me to do that. I haven't like seen something that I've kind of like connected to on like a heart level, like on that level in, in a really long time. And then I also found out that Lulu Wang and Barry Jenkins mm-hmm. are dating and mm-hmm. that like blew my mind. I'm like, that's power amazing. Couple. I want them to, you know it. I want them to collab. Like they, they're both so special. So I, I think that would be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that was me. Didn't you also watch the Mitchells versus the machines? Oh yeah. I watched that too. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah, uh, man, let's hear I loved it. it. Let's yeah. I, I, I put it under my, list of movies that I don't really have listed out, but there I have an internal list of movies that I say like after I'm done, I'm like, fuck you for like making this movie. Like it's really good and like you tricked me and like all all of the above. Like fuck you. Uh and this made that list uh of of movies. I thought it was so good. It was awesome. Like the animation was so cool. It was so good. Um yes. it was su- like super funny. Like multiple like laugh out loud moments yes. for me too, which I you know I expect like a chuckle giggle, but like actual laugh out loud moments watching it, which I really enjoyed. It was genuinely hilarious. I watched it with my sister and my mom, which was really nice. And it it was just the perfect movie to kind of put on. We all have very different tastes in movies and we were all just like Mm -hmm. loving it and just like laughing together, like such wholesome fun and like so cool looking. I loved all the animation, Mm -hmm. the like neon stuff and the like pink orange kind of Mm -hmm. color palette stuff that those are my colors because i'm a summer girl um and i love abby jacobson so much and i just love to hear her voice and i was and i'm just like yes queen yes queen yeah it's like something else like i mean 
obviously people draw comparisons to like any animated movie to like Pixar stuff, but something I really liked about the Mitchells versus the Machines is that it um it wasn't like constrained to an hour and a half. Like Disney and Pixar have like a pretty strict rule of limiting themselves to that. And I think it worked like mm. it worked really well that it was longer because they were able to do like some cooler sequences and like really, you know, really flesh out yeah. the characters a bit more, um, which I liked a lot. Yeah. Nice. See this. I just think that's all I wanted. I wanted to hear that because I enjoyed <laughs> it. And obviously you guys hadn't seen it last week. And I, I had mentioned that I enjoyed it. And Ian, like right away in the group chat, was like, everyone's been talking about this movie. And I was just like, all right, all right, let's everyone calm down. Let's watch it. So I'm glad you guys did. Uh, dog, dog, pi- dog, pig, loaf of bread. Dog, yeah. pig, loaf of bread. Like hilarious, so man. That dog is amazing. Like, and Ian, like you said, like there are so, there were so many genuine moments, like when I was watching it with Emma, where we would just like be ch- like laughing and just turn to each other. And we were just like, I love this movie. Like, yeah, I love yeah. this movie. Like, it's such a good yeah. time. So yeah. good. Very, very fun. Um, Ian, what else so, did you watch? Yeah. Other than that, I, I started uh, Mayor of Easttown, which. It, yeah like yeah it's good it's good <laughs> i'm only on the first episode and it's good like it's good i am pretty yeah. i've been on a no white girl gets murdered small town true crime yeah. since i I haven't watched one actually i i looked back since sharp objects so that was 2018 my band has been okay. pretty strong uh because i think they are all the exact same in every way yeah uh, pretty much <laughs> Which Somebody's is, white daughter is dead. <laughs> we gotta figure it out. In like the out. middle of nowhere town, and like a cop who like doesn't want to be doing this, like ends up doing the job. That's like kind of how it always works. Uh, and <laughs> the game pulls you back in. I know. So I, I we're gonna get. I'm gonna keep going on it though because I, I did like it quite yeah. a bit. I was a little distracted though because everything I had heard about this, like a lot of our friends are from Philadelphia, and like all the news stories, like and the reviews about Mayor of Easttown, and even our friends are saying like how accurate Kate Winslet's philly accent is and so i was actually distracted like listening to it because it does sound very good i mean not really knowing the philadelphian accent um there's that and then her limp really bothered me for like i'm like come on do we have to give her a limp so intense it was so it was like the limp that i tried to do like when i worked at starbucks and i just wanted to go home i was like (laughs) wait i rolled my ankle look i can't walk let me go home (laughs) i'm excited for ian's like hot take on mayor of east town when it's all done because like i'm in it to win it at this point but this it's like the dose of reality that i need so i'm i'm excited to hear your thoughts um (laughs) through this journey yeah Uh, yeah i mean i'm excited to watch it i'm looking forward to the second episode catcher have you seen it yet i have not um i do have to say Boom's uh, discussion of the way she eats sandwiches, like last episode, I was kind of mm-hmm. like, I kind of just want to see that. Just like, what could yeah. that po- that that would stand out in her mind? Like, they, people eat stuff on crime shows all the time, but like for her to like specifically call it the way she eats sandwiches, I was it's like, aggressive. Yeah. See, so that's like so, for some reason intriguing to me. I don't know yeah. why. Uh, I just haven't yet because I myself am on a crime journey uh, that I'll get to when it's my yeah. turn. But uh, but maybe after that, maybe that's that's how I'll 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 go after. Um. So yeah, catcher. Then talk to us about your crime journey. My crime journey. Okay. Yeah. So my crime journey right now is after multiple failed attempts, I'm finally 
I've begun watching The Wire for my mm. for the first time. So, mm-hmm. wow. um, you know, my favorite show of all time ever is uh, Six Feet Under, mm-hmm. and I've always claimed that to be the greatest show that was ever made. And I'm that is always countered with The Wire every time I say that. It's like, what about The Wire? Have you seen The Wire? And I always say, no, I haven't seen The Wire. And it's one of Emma's, like, favorite shows. She's got, like, a McNulty tattoo and everything. So I was like, okay, well, she's been kind of poking me to start watching it. So the other day she brought it up again, thinking I think that I would say no. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and she was just like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we put it on, and then that's all I did. All, wow. Like for the, I, I nice. finished the first season in like a couple of days over the weekend, and I mean it's awesome. Uh, the, I am excited to see like where it goes. Um, I'm only a couple episodes into season two, but I am really enjoying the grayness of it. Um, but it's not gray in like. Justice League, like Batman v Superman, like everything is gray sort of thing that I think we're used to, like anti-heroes that we're sort of used to over the last like few years now. Mm-hmm. This is very like you you are re- like these are real people in real situations and in real life. All things are gray. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was kind of thrown off by that a little bit at first because I was like, am I supposed to like McNulty? Like I... He, I, he seems like a bad person, but then you sort of the show unfolds and the complexities of what's going on is really interesting. So I, I know sort of what the show is about and how each season sort of like gets into different aspects of things. And I'm really um, excited to see that because I I'm right now at a place where I've like really begin begun to like really care about politics in a really like um, genuine way in mm-hmm. terms of like the real world effects of politics, not like the bullshit stuff Mm, of it mm -hmm. and so i'm really excited to sort of like get into this stuff um because i think it's going to start touching on a lot of things that i've already been thinking about in my in my own mind over the last few years so i'm really excited to jump into that that's really fun nice yeah um and then of course i watched a shutter thing uh (laughs) the burrowers it's called um it's got like a bunch of people in it that like whose faces you'd know whose names Mm -hmm. you probably don't um but basically it's like uh frontier time sort of like uh west cowboy like old west cowboy situation uh where this family goes Mm -hmm. missing and they think it's because natives have taken them and it's a guy who sort of had just proposed to the daughter and a couple other people go out to try and find them and what they find is not human. <laughs> Shocker. Shocking. Oh, uh, yeah, but it's like, it's actually kind of good. Um, okay. The performances are pretty good. The Like I said, there's a lot of great, like, sort of character actors in it. I would, maybe I wouldn't go that far. But, like, good actors. Um, the story itself is good. The creature effects are good for most of it until, near, until you really start seeing them. Um, mm-hmm. And then at the end, you kind of feel like, whatever. But, like, it's a good time when you're in it. So it's not going to change your life, but I think it's a good watch. A good sit, as things have been called before. So cool. Yeah, a the, good sit. The Brewers. And nice. he didn't say the whole plot, so we know that it's it's going on the watch list. That's right. true. That's true. He did not reveal the whole <laughs> plot saving us from ourselves. That's so right. You might, want, you might enjoy it. You might enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, so before we get into our conversation, 
about uh, uncut gems in relation to the killing of a Chinese bookie. Just wanted to remind y'all that uh, we have tea with boom a little later in this episode if you want to get on that mm. uh shoot us an email at cinonautspod at gmail.com i think we actually do have a voicemail this week uh on mm. uncut gems mm. or hit us up on instagram which is at cinonauts uh and then Ketra keeps telling me to remember to do this and i never do this ever but this week i remembered so if you listen and you enjoy the show leave us a review on apple podcasts that would be great and very appreciated you know, quick yeah. five star. Be cute it doesn't if you take could do long. that. You know? yeah. Yeah. Remember your app store login password you never use and go in there and leave a quick review. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so do that if you haven't. We appreciate all the love regardless. All right, let's get into... The Black Opal. Let's jump in. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Shut down. <laughs> Uh, before we get into our time machines, uh, for those who haven't been blessed to watch Uncut Gems, uh, it's basically <laughs> yeah, it's a movie starring Adam Sandler where he plays a jeweler and a gambling addict named Howard Ratner. Um, he acquires, he finds himself in like massive gambling debt after his uh, what seems to be lifetime of making bad bets and unable to repay them. Uh, and so his, his scheme to get out of this massive debt that he has acquired was to purchase a very rare gem um, from Africa and have it shipped over to him, auction it off, and use that money to pay the debt back to his bookies. However, uh, before that all unfolds, he finds himself making a series of other gambling bets, which I'll talk about in a little bit in this episode, I'm sure, oh, yes. that result to him just like a never-ending spiral of debt and stress and chaos Oof. in Howard Ratner's life. So that is a synopsis. Now let's get into hard time machines <laughs> and head back to 2009. Uh, so back in 2009, our friends Josh and Benny Safdie, also known as the Safdie brothers, who uh, wrote and directed Uncut Gems, they had this idea to make a movie kind of based off their dad. So their dad owned a jewelry store. Um, They're also Jewish. Uh, they owned a jewelry store in the J Diamond Jewelry District of New York, and they kind of grew up around the store, and they spent a lot of time there, and they wanted to make... Uh, a heightened, exaggerated version of like what it was like there. Mm. So back in 2009, they actually had reached out to Adam Sandler about doing it, but Sandler's manager at the time uh, passed on the project because um, uh, the rule then was that if Adam's kids couldn't watch his movies, they wouldn't make it. Um, so that so this movie <laughs> got passed over at the time without him actually like reading it. So they canned the project, went on to do a bunch of other stuff. Um, including Good Time, which came out in 2017. Oh. Listen to our friends, 70 Millimeter. They talk about Good Time way earlier uh, mm -hmm. in their podcast, like early, um, first couple of months, I want to say. Go check that out. Um, so back in 2016, they decide, you know, we're actually going to do this. They get some producers on, like a guy named Martin Scorsese. Uh, small guy named Martin. Small guy. And then they actually cast Jonah Hill as uh, the original Howard Ratner. Um, oh, God. Which... I would have liked it. You don't like Jonah Hill? No, I think it would have been cool. I can kind of see how. Well, I, I mean, Sailor's perfect, obviously, for this role, but. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I'm just. Yeah, 100%. Sorry. <laughs> I could see that. Though. Yeah, I could see it working. Um, so in 2018, Sandler eventually jumped in 
and uh, the movie got made. I mean, once it came out, it was like an immediate critical success. Um, a lot of people were mm-hmm. praising Sandler uh, for his performance, which obviously is a massive breakaway from the mold that we're used to seeing in Adam Sandler. Uh, massive appeal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, praise for the Safties for their writing and their direction of the film. Um, it was picking up a lot of steam after it premiered at the film festivals, getting like the big thing awards and all that sort of stuff. And there was going to be rumors that like it was going to be this nominated, uh, this Academy Award nominated movie. Um, there's a pretty big movement behind it, especially after it won things at the Independent Film Spirit Awards. Um, it won mm-hmm. where it won Best Director, Directors in this case, and Best Male Lead. Um, and but unfortunately, it actually like, didn't make the cut. And uh, yeah, what's snubbed? Up with snubbed. That? Zero, zero nomination. So my theory is that it was just too weird for the Academy to do. Um, mm. That's just kind of how it was. Uh, that year was also the year that uh, Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker. So. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. So, so you're curious about that. That's how it went. Uh, Get bent, Academy. Uh, so. <laughs> on the surface level, also, I think Uncut Gems is pretty similar to um pretty similar to the joker just like in context it's about new york gotham uh, sure, whatever. gotham new york mm-hmm. gritty you know crime sort of <laughs> deal so i think that was another factor Interesting. uh and after the uh snub adam sandler i mean what may rest is true place for uncut gems in history is that after uh the snub adam sandler made a promise to never make a movie again like uncut gems and that he would continue to make movies in his like Sandler cinematic universe thing. Um, so we'll oh, see how gosh. that goes. What? Um, but yeah, so he, he did say that. He said that as a threat. He said, if I don't, if I don't get nominated, I will never make a movie like this again. No. Uh, <laughs> and he didn't get nominated. So we'll see how that turns out. It's Helio. Um, like, that is yeah, anyway, wild. <laughs> right? It's wild. And uh, so the reason I picked this in relation to the killing of the Chinese bookie is because, A, the influence is so clear. I mean, uh-huh. if you watched either... Uh, absolutely you know exactly where i'm coming from but even going beyond that um i think ketcher might have talked about this actually um this could have been in our dms so sorry if you didn't but uh josh and benny safty they actually did a little like feature on the criterion's website where they talked about their 10 favorite movies in the criterion um and they actually pick all of cassavetti's the box set yeah uh, as one as their number two right behind bicycle thieves which if you haven't seen bicycle thieves definitely watch I would love to cover it on here yes. uh, at, at some point too, though. Mm. Um, and uh, the killing of the Chinese bookie is obviously in the Cassavetes box set. It's been pretty well known that this was like their version of that movie just taking place in New York. Um, there is this obvious, obvious influence in the Safdie's brothers filmmaking. Just yes. I mean, especially the their earlier work mm-hmm. and like his earlier work. Yeah. A lot of very like non-actors, a lot mm-hmm. of like naturalistic performances, a lot yep. of like guerrilla style f- filmmaking. Like they love getting like a telephoto lens, yeah, out of the way and like cap- capturing the action from a distance. Yeah, I mean, Good Time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fairly confident was shot largely without like permits and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. Like they did a lot just yeah, on, on literally on the streets of New York. So um, pretty clear influences there. Um, but we'll talk about it in a little bit. Anyway. So that was uh, Uncut Gems. So my, my question, speaking of the Sandler Cinematic Universe, is uh, what is what are your two relationships with the Sandman and like his movies? <laughs> the Sandman. Because for me, I loved like I, I loved his movies as a kid, like love, loved all of them. I would probably put like Happy Gilmore as my favorite 
or the wedding singer probably mm-hmm. one and two but Ooh. like all of that like sort of era of sandler i really love um and then i also love him in punch drunk love which is pta's paul thomas anderson's movie i think he is absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal in that just another perfect casting um but i know not everyone feels that way about adam sandler so i'm curious what your your two opinions are uh on him i've never been huge into the sandman mm-hmm. to be honest mm-hmm. like i have a weird relationship with like slapstick comedy Mm -hmm. it's like very hit or like very miss for me and it's never really something that i like seek out um unless there's like someone in it specifically that i care about or like you mean adam sandler good (laughs) yeah adam sandler but i think my biggest kind of memories of films of his would probably be big daddy that's Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. one that i like and fifty first dates, yeah, right, obviously. obviously. <laughs> um, and those two movies, I I genuinely love. And I don't have anything against him per mm-hmm. se. I just kind of find him a little bit annoying. Fair. And so, so again, I never seek him out, but I don't like hate him or anything. Sure. He's just kind of like mad to right. me. Uh, catch. What about you? Um, growing up, like everyone loved Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. And I watched them and they were like, I would watch them if they were on, but I had like no real draw to that. For some reason, I was talking about this the other day. I'm like not huge. Like comedies are very rarely like at the top of my list of like favorite movie going experiences. I'm much too like pinkies up, I think. Um, (laughs) But um, Wedding Singer changed that for me in terms of Mm. my relationship with Adam Sandler like I I have been meeting recently like to go back and watch it because I haven't seen it in a few years um but that movie just killed for me when I watch it it was amazing mm-hmm. um and then yeah I think like once that I'd seen that then I was a little bit more open like Waterboy was always like funny and like uh memeable before memes um <laughs> and uh Big Daddy as well definitely a huge mm-hmm. like I think that was like just a huge movie for like people of our age generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like huge like crossover hit sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, and then everything, like all of that stuff he's been doing with Netflix and before that, all the stuff he's now promised to go and make more of for not being nominated. <laughs> is like all the stuff I absolutely despise, which is amazing to me because it's like he made funny people, which is truthfully right. like one of my favorite Judd Apatow movies movie. it's yeah. so underappreciated does not yeah. get the love it deserves um and it got shit on a lot when it came out because it was long I guess mm-hmm. and which is just whatever um and I think it's incredible but it's crazy that he could make that movie but then continue to make the movies he spoofed in that movie about his own life like that's just <laughs> like greed is a is a powerful thing like you know like there's no I don't know how else to explain that um, but it's fine. You have to do you and I judge him none at all. Um, but I like when actors can stretch um, their abilities and when, especially with the Safties who were like really adamant about getting him and like grew up absolutely loving and, and like obsessing over him, mm-hmm. that they got him and that he managed to put in this performance that is truly incredible. Like he's never Adam Sandler in this movie for even a split second. He is. Though. I disagree. I don't think for once I ever believe Adam Sandler is there. Like for me personally, he is so now this guy's a little weird and he's got a weird voice. 
sure. But like it never uh, to me, it never feels that way. It was never like the super hokey stuff that like you would see in one of his like his movies. But there were definitely parts where it it was coming out, but it wasn't like taking away from anything for me. But I definitely right. saw I saw the Sandman in there. Yeah. So I asked that just basically because I, I was curious about how it like affected your viewing of it, because part of the allure of when like Adam does things like this um, and you know, punch drunk love and like other comedians like catchers that are like stretching is that people are just so impressed with that. They're able to do that. And I feel like a lot of the times that sort of distracts from like the actual performance. Cause the whole time you're just like watching someone do something they're not supposed to do. But I actually don't feel that way watching him in this. Like he is so good that I like, don't think about, Oh, this is a comedian doing like a serious role. I think he's like just acting really, really well. Um, which I think makes the movie so freaking good. Um, but let, let, let's talk about Howard, our friend, Howard Ratner. Oh, Howard. Uh, AKA my I'm, old boss. I was having, I every time I watch this movie, I have flashbacks to my old boss and it trips me out. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. It was traumatic for three years, but it was fun. <laughs> I mean, how do you guys feel about Howard? Like catcher was talking about anti-heroes and he definitely is like an anti-hero in every sense of the word because he has so many outs like his initial debt compared to what he ends up running is completely awful and he actually could have got himself out of this scheme like what two or three times throughout the whole movie um so how was that i think boom as a first time viewer like how did you how did you respond to howard and his continuously bad decisions (laughs) It was so, I mean, I think I saw him more as, like, not even an anti-hero, like, an antagonist for the Mm -hmm. most part, but Mm -hmm. only because he was such, just kind of, like, a leech to all of your brain power. Like, (laughs) but it that just speaks to the performance because it's this guy who, like, literally talks himself in and out of situations and for some (laughs) reason people you know get roped into it and I as a viewer like physically felt like I was like also kind of like roped in so (laughs) it (laughs) it just like invoked this like really like intense like physical reaction and everything he was doing even though I hated his guts through and through Mm -hmm. like I felt like like I was kind of like waging my my time my life my time (laughs) and I wanted things to kind of work out and I never really knew if they would or wouldn't Mm -hmm. that the element of like tension was just always there full throttle um so I think Howard is just offers up a really good, like kind of POV character where you kind of feel like you are them while you are watching the film. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. The film Catcher. definitely like puts you in like that level of anxiety in a real way yeah. where you're just like, yeah, I don't think you ever side with him or maybe you do for, at least for me, maybe I did for a bit until the end, but we'll get to that later. Um, but you are definitely like always in that sort of space. And I think maybe that's kind of interesting in, in terms of 
the differences like between this and killing of a Chinese bookie is like, mm-hmm. it's, Oh, that film was always about trying. Well, I mean, his style was always about trying to get like natural performances from his actors, but I never felt like you were in the mental space mm-hmm. of mm. uh, Cosmo. Like mm-hmm. you were definitely experiencing yeah. the, you were, you know, you're along for the ride with him, but you're never in, you're never inside him. You're that's weird. Um, but you like, you're like there with him, but you just never share the same stresses of what's happening to him in the way that you do in this. 100%. Like, um, and, yeah. and I, I think that's because like, they're both about gambling debts, but the way, um, Howard Adam Sandler deals with it is like very, very relatable, even if you've never gambled before and how like they're trying to get out of it because in Killing of the Chinese yeah. Bookie, he's getting out of it by committing a murder, which no one can relate to, right? Like, pe- people yeah. have, like, people, like, can relate to doing extreme things to, like, try and, like, save your some, your business or whatever, but murdering is something that's, you're not going to relate to that character. And Adam Sandler, even though hopefully. it's, yeah, hopefully, <laughs> even even though it's hundreds of thousands of dollars and, like, gambling, people still can relate to Howard, even if you've never gambled or something, because it's just, like, it's just when you're digging, everyone has dug themselves in a hole that they just keep mm-hmm. digging themselves into. Like even back like in high school, like if you lied about doing homework or something like that, and you had to create a second lie on top of that, it's in, in concept, it's the same thing where you're trying to save your first mistake by creating another. And then that just snowballs out of control. So I think 100%. that's why like Howard is so much more relatable, even though it is also like a very extreme situation. But at its core, it's something that everyone like has done before. Well, I just th- also think Absolutely. It, I just think it's like in Bookie, it's like he's doing all this thing for the club and the club is like what makes him happy. Mm-hmm. But in this, it's like the thing that makes him happy is like living on the edge. Like, right. That's, this is how I win. Right. Yeah. Like it's always yeah. about the next big hit. It's always about the next dopamine rush. Like it's it's not that's not the same thing for Cosmo. Mm-hmm. Um but it's in this movie, it just makes for such a compelling story. Like it basically starts at about nine and then it's like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 on a scale of intensity, like as the movie builds, <laughs> like you're just, it's, you can't help but grip every surface and you can't help but like yell at him. Cause he's just making these decisions that you're just like, why what are you doing like so many times you could have gotten out and you think he's gonna get out and he doesn't and you're just like this guy is a crazy dude like you're just like (laughs) but you're kind of like okay let's see where this goes and then like as you get to sort of like the like the sort of last big decision that he makes you're Mm -hmm. that for me is when it's like he goes from being uh like um What's the word? Like you're with him and you're on his you're journey for him and bit, rooting yeah. for him. But like his last big play to me, like I'm like, I'm out. He stops becoming re- not relatable, but like you can't feel bad for him. Like he has made this, like this decision one too many times now. Like he is never going to learn his lesson. You know, that <laughs> right. this is never going to change. He's never going to have a different point of view on how to live his life. Yeah. Cause Kevin Garnett pays him uh, a amazing casting using Kevin Garnett, like phenomenal. Was this supposed uh, to be originally Kobe Bryant? Kobe. Kobe was supposed to be it originally, but I think 
Kevin Garnett is makes more sense for it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I can't really picture Kobe. There's something about doing, Kevin know, Garnett. There's something about yes. Garnett. Yeah, there's something about Kevin Garnett that I yeah. think it works. Um, uh, amazing casting. So Garnett buys the Opal. I mean, tries, and that's an try. Try. I mean, and that's a, that's enough to cover his you know Howard's main debt with like the bookies like that that settles it. But <clears throat> I mean, when he just hangs out the window and hands over the back, you're just like, oh, you're like, dude, like that was it. Like your father-in-law isn't going to make you pay back. He's not going to kill you for whatever money you owe him for making him outbid you at, you know, at the auction or whatever. Yeah. Like so crazy. Um, We'll talk about some other characters in a bit, but I guess just since we're here, I mean, for those who are not familiar with gambling, the stakes at which uh, Howard puts that hundred, what is it? $65,000 for that final game. So what he does for context, in, in case you don't too don't know, I also don't know if you do. I have I had no clue what was going on. So please. yeah. So he, he, what he does is he, he puts a parlay bet and in very high terms, high level terms, you, he chose three bets and the way a parlay works is it only counts if every piece of the parlay actually hits. So the odds are extremely high, obviously, because you can hit one, two, three things separate, but in order to get all of them to win the bet, you have to get all three happening at once, which is why it's super tough and the odds are very high. And like in the gambling world, parlays are like extremely degenerate, like even in the world of gambling. <laughs> so what Howard does oh, wow. is he puts the $165,000 in a three-way parlay, which yields him, that's why it yields him over a million, what, $1.2 million when he eventually wins. The craziest thing about that is that one of them, one of the parlays is uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin Garnett gets 26 some uh, points. So like 26 points or rebounds. Not crazy. Totally possible. Celtics win. Not crazy. But the first one and like when I was watching in theaters, I was like, holy shit, this is insane. Is when he parlays (laughs) the the tip off. He parlayed. This is crazy. Because a tip off is literally a 50 50. And he is betting, and that is the first thing. Like, that's why afters when he's running around saying, like, if that didn't happen, like, we lose. And, like, that had to happen. It's not like he still oh wins some money. God. He wins zero money if he misses the tip-off. It, yeah. Like, it's, it's insane. I literally just got re-stressed all over <laughs> Dude, that's again. Like, that's what, but you know what's crazy is, like, you don't even need to know that to know what, like, to understand the vibe of what's happening in the room. Like that's right. how, why this movie is oh, so good. It's like, like there's so much chat and back and forth about stuff in this movie that like, if you are not in the know, half of it is going to fly right over your head. Like right. in all kinds of different things, like not just about gambling, but just like jewelry and all like just mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff. But it's, they always manage to like, you're always right where the safties like want you to be in terms of where, how you feel what mood you're in, like mm-hmm. where they like where you have to be emotionally, when you need to be stressed, when you do need to be stressed times fifty. Like they know because <laughs> there's no other feelings in this movie. It's just about being stressed one or the other. But like mm-hmm. it's incredible craftsmanship. In yeah. In terms of their control. Insane. Boom. I know you don't gamble, but do you pay attention to like NBA sports or anything like that? NBA basketball? I, I asked you because I know Catcher watches basketball. So mostly I, I'm not really a sports person whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching baseball because my dad uh, loves baseball and I love going to games and stuff. But basketball is something like I've only kind of gotten into recently. And even then it's more so just like when 
Toronto is, is doing well in right. the playoffs. Beats the Warriors in the finals. Yeah, and then Ooh, I right. just like want to hang out with like catcher and and like our Johnny and all our friends and just like get really loud. But I still yeah. don't have like a good scope of like how the sport works. I kind of just like check out who I think is cute. I get emotional when like people are losing and or when so, people are like hugging because there's such a like there's such a brilliant camaraderie in, in basketball mm-hmm. that I really love. Totally. But anyways, oh, I'm going to so go off topic. Oh, no, well, I, <laughs> no, I was asking because I was curious <laughs> if like what if you agree with catcher, like not really caring about basketball or knowing anything about gambling, how you felt about the stakes and all that sort of stuff. Because I can see people who uh, like, yeah, I can see people just be like, well, just like don't gamble. But like, that's obviously not the point of the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know? No. Well, I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying before. Ian and it's just kind of like being in every, it's so relatable. Even if you don't gamble, even if you don't know much about sports, you know, we've all been in like crappy situations that we've like failed that we've kind of just circled the drain and just like failed to get ourselves out of and kept on making it worse for ourselves. So I find found it to be highly relatable. And like, I don't know why I'm bringing Starbucks up so much today, but when I worked <laughs> at Starbucks, there was um, a racetrack place like right down the street. Mm. And there were a few guys that would like come in and get coffee. Um, and I could understand like where they were at based on like their moods and so I think I kind of had some insight based on that because sometimes they'd come in and like drop like a 20 in like the tip jar and then sometimes they'd come in and like be screaming in our faces right so it's just a very like (laughs) real thing that I though I haven't experienced it like full on I I do understand it and it's really well conveyed in this film and you know so Chasing that high. Yeah. Uh, this episode yeah. of Cinema Knots was presented by Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> uh, and, and Gamblers Anonymous also. Yeah, and, and Gamblers Anonymous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, they were so obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some of the people around Howard. So every performance, I think, is absolutely incredible. Like down the line. Not a f- not oh, bad yeah. one. Not a bad performance. Even the weekend, who was not an actor and who I don't particularly care about, was phenomenal. Even Trinidad James was crushing. Yeah, Trinidad James. I mean, insane amount of cast. Uh, Who are your guys' favorite uh, uh, side characters or secondary characters to to the film? I definitely think um, like the main uh, like bouncer guy, like Arno's, like because he's not really his his underling because he seems Nico, 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 like. It, that guy is must work for the mob. He's not an actor. There's no way. Like he's just like yeah. so. Inti- it's so intimidating. Terrifying. So yeah. scary. And like not a particularly like large person, but like no. don't yeah, ever look. upset him. And yeah. yet he continue like Adam Sandler continues to upset this man on a regular basis. Like as if it's what he does uh, as like a break between jobs. Like it's so crazy. Um, and who else did I really like? I really liked like his uh there's the guy that he he goes to to trade the rings in whenever he's Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah the pawn shop guy. He just got the weirdest face, but like I just some that guy also must work in the district. He must be a, he must be a fine <laughs> from from their 
like past because <laughs> yeah. he's like too cool and too real. Uh, boom. What about you? Um, obviously for reasons that maybe I've been just predisposed to, or but for reasons that are also very true to me. Um, Adina, mm. Dina, his wife. She's mm-hmm. excellent. What a queen! <laughs> yeah, incredible. She's so good. And I was actually like, you you talked about Adam Sandler and kind of just like being conditioned to him being like the silly guy and then having to kind of like hang that for for watching this. I mean, I know Adina purely from like Broadway shit and like very like, (laughs) you know, yeah, overly dramatic or like highly like inspirational or like aspirational kind of stuff. It was so cool to see her just being like a bad bitch in this film. I really liked how the women were written in this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know, I just like that they had a- agency and like her, especially like she had clearly just been putting up with his crap for so long and out of everybody, she just saw right through him all the time and was like never having it. And it was almost refreshing. Like anytime mm-hmm. she was on screen because you're so fed up with him all the time. And then just having her as kind of like an outlet to be like, okay, like, yes, he is the worst. Thank you. I am right for um, hating this dude. Like, yeah. yeah. And she just like, she got into the role. Even that run she does. Like, she's <laughs> so good. My queen. That scene where he's, where Adam Sant, where Howard is like, like, you can go ahead and punch me. And then she fakes him out. And then when all the other women come in, she goes, I don't even want to fucking touch you. Like, so sick. <laughs> That's such a good lie. Like, God. It's awesome. And and that comes like yeah. that comes like right after um he's like trying to win her back, right? And mm-hmm. you kind yeah. of get the vibe like maybe she might go for it, maybe. Like yeah. maybe she's going for the bait and then she's just like I I wish I had never met you. I wish I could never see <laughs> you again. And I was just like, "I this is awesome. This is so yeah. great." Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It was so good. I want to shout out Julia Fox as Julia, who is uh, yes. Howard's girlfriend and like employee. Also, she was great. She so good. so good was basically I, this person. Like the Safdie brothers knew her for a while. They had originally cast her when they were originally doing this movie. Had cast her in that role because she basically was Julia mm-hmm. at that time when they were originally like developing the script. And, like, brought her along with this, like, sort of new version, like, this updated version with Adam Sandler. And she just brings such, like, an oddly authenticness to Mm -hmm. this role. Like, this is such a very specific character that, like, I may not know personally, but feel like I've seen a million times on Instagram or something. You know, like, (laughs) I just totally Mm -hmm. understand where she's coming from. And that that scene when they're fighting in the street after the weekend concert is, like next level like it's so cringy to watch but like my like she doesn't care at all like everything it doesn't matter who's seeing her she's just like howard please no like it's (laughs) oh my god i can't stand it to watch it but like it's so good yeah it's so good uh and also i talked about kevin durant i mean kevin durant uh kevin garnett it was just awesome Mm -hmm. he was so good and, and so perfect and like Another reason why I think that's cool is because I know like professional athletes have their like superstitions. Like they all have their weird things that help them at least you know, believe or actually like perform better. 
um, and getting to mm-hmm. see it like in that way in the context of like, the playoffs and stuff, I thought was really cool and was um, the, totally that was, that was fun to watch. When he looks into, I instantly started thinking about Kanye's uh, diamonds are forever because when he when he's like looking, yeah, diamonds are forever. When he's like looking into the rock. He's like, I need this, man. I need this. And I was like, oh, no. I'm like, this is like Diamonds Are Forever. This is New Slaves. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So, so good. But the way that that he's like looking into it and like all, like you see like sort of his life flashes before him sort of. And and then it cuts into him like breaking through the glass. It's like it's had this like physical like you like in the universe physical like a reaction to the you know and it's just like and they set it up so perfectly where he's just like don't kevin kevin please don't let stop don't don't lean on the glass don't lean on the glass he keeps reminding him and it's just like he just sets it up they set it up so nicely and then it's like yeah boom that like you expect it to smash at some other time so that it smashes then at that moment during it really solidifies like why this why he would all of a sudden become just like enthralled and like uh obsessed with it and it's just perfect yeah yeah he's like he's like that's a sign that's a sign i need this i need this i need this and the stress of him like leaving and then trying to figure it out and just like everyone's working against howard and oh god when kg is looking into the rock or whatever and then after Mm -hmm. adam sandler or howie is kind of like looking at him and is that like the moment that like the when he says that he like wants it or wants to borrow it, is that the moment when like the um what's it called the wheels start turning for him? Like Adam Sandler when he starts thinking about the bet, is that is that the moment? So he did buy it with the intent of auctioning it off. Like that was a thing because yeah. he thought it was originally placed for one million dollars. Um, but I think when he that definitely comes into play later because he knows how badly he wants KG it. wants it. And so he knows yeah. he can like leverage whatever the ring and all sort of stuff. But that I think that probably is like the inciting moment that sort of leads to yeah. like all the... he like sees how entranced he is by the rock. And then he believes that he's going to win. And like how he believes knows also like kind of gets it because even when he's doing the bet, people are like, this is wacky. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a wacky yeah. bet. But okay. Yeah. Wild. So. When that bet lands, and you're so hyped, the, the final, the, the final, no, bet? the initial bet, the his okay. initial like, K, uh, KG he, has been there. The restaurant. He yeah. leaves. He knows that KG has this thing. He's had this. He knows now that this is going to lead to a good night. So he goes and like puts all these bets, and you're like, oh my god, dude. Okay, fine. He puts he puts KG's ring that he borrowed from him on collateral to like yeah. get money for the bet, mm. and it's like you're already deep in the 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 mob guys have been slapping you around your own business and he still goes and makes the bet and he lands and he gets it and you're so hyped. And then like 15 minutes later, you find out that they went and canceled the bet on him. I know. Oh I know. my, oh God. my <laughs> God. I died. I wanted to die. I wanted to, it's not fair. Impossibly it's not the fair. most it's just... stressful sequence in cinema ever, or actually one of them. <laughs> when they, when they have him. was the most stressful. <laughs> 
when they have him in the car and then he finds out he cancels the bet but like that whole sequence i was like i want to I die know. oh my god oh my. and he's like you fucked it up you fucked it up <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you canceled the bet yeah oh i love when he says oh, when he, he says oh. you he says to him he says you fucked ourselves over <laughs> yeah. that's like one of the lines <laughs> yeah i mean it, yeah, so maybe he could, maybe maybe he was going to quit then, but Howard got screwed, you know? Who knows? Uh, no, but that's, yeah. I mean, no, well, I'll save my feelings. I'm kidding, I don't think he, he was, was going to do no, that. No, never, never. Um, <laughs> never, never. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about is just, like, the incredible soundtrack. Like, the score is unbelievable. Yes. It's, mm. like, yes. if you just listen to the score. The scoring, yeah. Without not knowing where it came from, like, you would never put it with this kind of movie, but, like, it just works no. so well. It has this sort of like magic. It, it feels magical a little bit, but it's still mm. like tense Ethereal and like pulsing. Vibe, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Um, some, something about it. I just like absolutely loved. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's like something you imagine would be playing when you were like getting, if you were like in Sweden or like in Iceland, getting like a massage at the hot springs and like music <laughs> like that would be playing in the background. Right. Then put against this like insane movie. It was a yeah. wild choice and it really paid off. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> uh, was there anything else you want to talk about before we get to our category? Just like uh, the camera work. Yes. And editing. Absolutely. Go. Yep. It was just like truly just like intricate and outstanding, like always matching the moods perfectly and just really taking you to where you needed to be. Like we see really fast, hard hitting camera work when the high intensity scenes are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like a little bit more calm and static before like things are wrapping up or, or sorry, ramping up. Usually when he's like with either like his wife or kids or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her fit. Actually, no, when, when he's with Julia, it's actually always kind of chaotic. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just it, editing camera work like amazing. So, so good. There is a particular shot that's I can't remember. I think I think it's when he's going to finally pick up the ring that mm-hmm. he put down and mm-hmm. he's got to swap his favorite like Nick's ring for KG's ring. There's a shot of him entering sort of like the sellers area, like or this jeweler pit area that is just like a sort of just like from above and a little bit far away that is like mm-hmm. nothing special. It's not really saying much, but just the look of it. It's just something about that just like made my heart flutter. Like it's just, just perfect little stylistic flourishes that these guys use that are, I'm they're so exciting to watch. I, yeah. And like on the stylistic choices, I love the beginning of this movie. I remember when we first watched it, I was like, are we in the right like theater? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, what are we watching? So it, it it's such a cool way to set up the whole story that like, it's sort of like a big butterfly effect type movie, right? These people who are being forced mm. to do this labor, um, you know, cause like, I don't want to say causes, but you know what I mean? Like starts the chain of effects that ends with like Howard's death. And I think, like the you know micro photography stuff of the gems was of the gems are really cool and how it ends like with his doing the same thing but like yeah. inside his brain. Um, so, I, I don't know. I just thought all that was so cool and and like 
super out of place, but it just works so well. Well, the Safdie said like yeah. the idea of was it's like the circle of life, like violence right. brought this like stone into the world and sort of like violence will take him out like this sort of like circle of everything where um, it's violent beginnings and violent ends kind of idea. But right. that that shot like into the diamond and then into his colon is like yeah, must so have funny. been easily the most expensive <laughs> shot they've ever had in a movie probably. Yeah. Um. But it's just so excellent and so humorous. Like that's yeah, what's not so great funny. about this movie is like there is as it, with all this stress and tension, there are like these bits of humor throughout it that um are so good. Oh yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, I mean, oh, stuff, I'm sure, between but, uh, yeah. the Mitchells versus the Machines in this movie, we got Furbies are making true. Are, are making a cultural oh, comeback. Mm, there are Furby. Yeah, there is a Furby connection there. Good call. Very yeah. good call. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Mitchells versus the Machines. It was terrifying. I was always so scared of Furbies. I was, yeah, thought they were creepy. so weird. And I was like, oh, my God. Such Anyways. a hol- <laughs> hilarious and random toy to be like. Featured in that movie, right. but like maybe Furbies are still yeah. relevant. I don't know. Uh, that was shocking to me. And then the only other thing was there's this sort of like small little thing that happens where so um, Howard works. There's this like his main seller at mm-hmm. the at the uh, jewelry shop is like getting pissed about how he's been treated, and mm-hmm. he quits. And he tells Howard, he's like, "You're gonna miss me when I'm gone. You're gonna see me in that other shop, and you're gonna be mad that like you lost me." And near the end of the film, when shit is high intensity, he's I think he's on his way to the uh, the auction. That mm-hmm. dude is working in another store and Howard oh, really? walks by him and does not notice him for a second. And the huh. camera lingers on him and he's like <laughs> kind of hurt that. by it. And then that's it funny. I did not catch that. It's awesome. It's I, nice. I've, I've seen this. This is like the second or third time. And I, I caught it this time and I was like, wow. That's such a, a a nice little yeah that is thing That's like really cool. everyone gets a little bit of a storyline and it it's so cool. That was uncut gems. Let's chat about uh, our category. So we're gonna do it a little differently this week, um, since this is the satellite pick of the killing of a Chinese bookie. Uh, I want to do two. We'll do two categories for these types of movies. So the first one we'll still do a Criterion moment. Um, like what do you think it would mm-hmm. be if it was added to the Criterion? And the second one, which I realize now I actually did not text you two about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is just to be like, what's like the one thing that you think like really relates this movie, you know, whether you find inspiration or a character mm. or something like what's like one thing, you know, you, you can talk about that you think matches it. Um, that's why you think or whether or not you don't think it is for mm. some movies. This one, I think is pretty clear. We all think there is influence. Um, so I'll go first to give you guys <clears throat> some time. So. My uh, my Criterion moment is definitely like the final gambling scene, mm-hmm. like in particular the way um, Howard is like he traps like Nico and the boys in like the security door, and he's <sighs> the way he's just like pacing around the room. He's like I, I kind of saw he's like a lion like looking over like his prey. Yeah, you know, like they're in this tiny box, literally sweating it out. And they're watching, he's watching this game happen. Um, and the way he's like commenting them, like you can tell he's just completely lost all sense of reality and all that sort of stuff. Um, it, and it's just like so fucking intense. Like it's just, it's so good. Oh I, I think God. about that scene often. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and then I talked about this in my little intro anyway, but the relation to killing of the Chinese bookie is just so obvious on like every facet to me, like, you know, the character of Howard Mm -hmm. versus Cosmo and the themes around it. And, you know, the idea of digging yourself too deep and how far is too far. All those sorts of stuff is just, was a pretty obvious pick for me, but um, let's go to catcher. What's your moment? Uh, My criterion moment is the moment that sort of like predates your moment, which is he's, Got himself in this situation where he's going to sell the Opal to KG. KG comes in. He pays him off. He calls Arno and all of, and Nico and like, yeah, okay, come. I've got, I'm going to get the money from KG right now. Mm. And he sits down and then KG starts getting into him a bit. Like, yeah, how much did you pay for it? How much did you pay for the rock? Tell me. Like, you sold it to me. I don't care, but just tell me. And then he starts just getting into his speech. It's the thing that you realize – Howard's had before the beginnings of this movie, which is his ability to speak and his ability mm. to sort of like catch people up. And he starts describing like how KG plays and what he does and his mentality and how he, they share that same mentality. And you're just like, you're wrapped up in it. And then you see the failings of Howard too, which <laughs> is then he starts believing yeah. his own hype. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to bet on you tonight. And you're just like, no, like, no. And <laughs> you have the money. <laughs> you have it. Like, I was willing to give all of the other situations before. Like, they screwed you. They stopped you from making the bet. They stopped the bet in advance. Like, you, this, that wasn't your fault. But this is your fault. And you yeah. stop siding with him. And you start realizing that this, it doesn't matter what happens to him. He will never change. This will always be who he is for better or worse or whatever. And, like, there is something about acknowledging like this, his a sickness that is like, you know, like a mental illness, yeah, it's an like addiction. an addiction, yeah, it's right? An addiction. Like, yeah. So mm-hmm. there's something that like, it, it's interesting in that like, it doesn't do a thing with mental illness where it like oddly sympathizes with like a person doing bad things. Like you stop caring for him and right. you sort of like take your hands off the wheel and you're like, I'm not helping you anymore. You've gone too far. Nothing like, and that's powerful. Like, that transition happens mm-hmm. very slightly, um, mm-hmm. but it's all earned by the performances mm-hmm. and everything that's led up to that point. Um, and then in terms of like its relation to the killing of a Chinese bookie, it's like the mirror opposite of Chinese bookie in terms of like it's very slow. It's very plotted. Mm-hmm. The characters mm-hmm. are very specific, but like these are opposites. It's like how like you never feel stressed during bookie. At any mm. point, everything is very chill. Everything mm. is very like removed. Um, but these are two characters who have like gone, who are part of like a seedy world. Just the tip of it. They're not like deep in the mob right. or anything, right? These right, are just right. like people who are fringely touching the the, the seedy underbellies of like the, like uh, the world. Gambling. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 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 then obviously just the stylistic like camera work and stuff. I think mm-hmm. um, obviously the Safties are more modern, um, but that sort of like capturing, trying to capture a moment as opposed to like creating a moment. If that makes sense. Nice. Um. Okay. So my criteria, we've got a double criterion moment <gasps> because mine is also the final bet sequence. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it's like, first of all, is it the highest that any stakes 
have like ever been in <laughs> cinema ever. Yeah. Like I don't think I've ever been so compelled or invested in something like so toxic and infuriating <laughs> in my life. And I think that's just powerful. Um, so yeah, I just, that, that's the moment. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. And then I guess, I don't know, like in terms of bookie and uncut gems, I'd say kind of similar to what you guys were saying. Um, maybe interesting storytelling in terms of kind of making a world out of like a man, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the protagonist, like he's driving everything all the time. I felt that way in this and bookie. Um, I just think the difference probably is that with like the sad, with Sadfi, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sadfi brothers. I think they just keep it a little bit, closer to their chest um mm. than Cassavetes did with Bookie like I think that they find a way to kind of make things you make things feel chaotic and like you are spiraling out but there's like a lot of control in that mm-hmm. that I like didn't feel in Bookie but similar objectives so actually that's yeah, actually interesting because it's that. like with with uncut gems it's like you're supposed to feel like things are out of control but they're shooting it very controlled yeah. where he's mm. in in bookie like he's very calm about what's going on but like he's sort of very loose with how he's capturing things that's interesting yeah so dust that nice <laughs> nice uh if you have thoughts on the killing of a chinese bookie and a cup gems or next movie Make sure you hit us on email, synodotspod at gmail.com, or you can uh, hit us up on IG for a little tea with Boom, and that is where we're going yeah. to jump into Boom. What's the tea this week? I asked about Uncut Gems. Basically, I posted a poster of Uncut Gems and then asked people to tell me what, like, the most, some of the most, like, stressful films that they've ever seen and I think there were a few people that were just like so triggered by seeing the poster that they literally just commented about f- things from Uncut Gems <laughs> that stressed them out. Okay, it good. wasn't everybody, but just a f- few people. I'll cover that first. So Johnny says, when they canceled Howie's bet, WTF. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Erica said, yes, yes, stressful. Also, gravity made me lose my hair. Okay, I guess that was like both. Mm -hmm. And then Bad Gal Juju said, I had to stop watching within like 10 minutes. The stress, all caps. (laughs) Um, And then we did have quite a few people responding with films that have stressed them out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nico Queen says, first time watching Seven was a bit stress inducing. Mm -hmm. Um, Tara de Borja Mm -hmm. says... Mother and I will never forgive that. Ian for it. <laughs> True story. It's on record. True story. Uh, we were like watching. Like I love. I and mean, we talked about Aronofsky. I love Aronofsky. And Mother had come out. We hadn't seen it yet. And like we streamed it on. Like we rented it to watch at home. And have either of you seen Mother? I think both of you have. Right. Oh yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So without going spoilers. A, the whole movie's crazy, but the last act of the movie it's in crazy. particular is 
Oh. Insane. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, Tara just like looks at me and she was like, I am picking the next like five movies. And you cannot say <laughs> one word. <laughs> that was. Yes. Yeah. So like, I think right after we watched Wonder, uh, that, that kid with that movie with uh, Jacob Tremblay, where like he kind of has a. He has a he's born with like a birth defect and wears like an astronaut helmet around. I don't know. Amazing. It was fine. Uh, anyway so yeah true story soft lots of soft movies after that mother mother is my permanent movie doghouse with tara Mm -hmm. go on i love that movie god yeah it's amazing (laughs) marcy says where is my friend's house which i've never never heard heard of of, Mm -hmm. but all if marcy says it's stressful i bet it is but i'm also curious um Mel says the Baba Duke. Mm, Sorry, mm-hmm. but fuck that movie. Okay. <laughs> I also love that movie. That movie was great, but yes, very stressful. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andy says Argo. Mm. Um, Alex says Victoria. Sam says Free Solo. It's a lot here. Oh, Free, oh, Solo. free Solo. Very good. Holy Did shit. you see that in theater? What? I, saw that, I saw that in IMAX. That shit was crazy. Have oh you not my seen God. It's this documentary about this guy. Um, what's his name? <laughs> Alex he's, he's a really big Han- Honland? Han- Honald? Alex Honald? Alex Honald. Alex Honald. So it's about Alex Honald, this guy, Alex Honald, who's like the world's best free climber. So he basically climbs mountains without ropes. And it's about him trying to break the world record oh of free soloing uh, the highest peak in Yosemite National Park. And it is fucking crazy. Like it is. Oh my gosh! It's so and stressful. Yes. Why do people do uh, that? People it's just crazy. like cool. Like if you can climb a mountain, like good for you. Strap yourself in. <laughs> it's not worth your life. Like it's, what are you trying to prove? It's I don't oh know. It's God. it's crazy. It's that uh, it's that Howard Ratner blood in him chasing that dragon. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. seriously. Free soul is a good one. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's this like weird account that's been floating around film hags um, mm-hmm. and they oh, yeah. said shiva baby i haven't seen that um but if nice. the hags say it's good i'm sure it's good yeah this mysterious account film hags <laughs> yeah. talking all your best friends that's right someone <laughs> mentioned also uh, requiem for a dream which mm. is like oh yeah. yes oh yeah that was that was me because I oh. always like put an icebreaker in like nice. once I do the thing. Yeah. What so, a good, what yeah, a good rec room for a dream. What a good host. That is very helpful. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, we we got one voicemail from uh, our friend Maggie. Here we go. Yeah. Hello, Synonauts. This is Maggie calling in because you guys are talking about uncut gems, which. We watched, I'm here with Graham. Hello. We watched it together when we were super hungover, which I could not recommend less. We had to pause, I think, three separate times just to calm down. But I loved this film. I thought it was really great. I thought it was the best Adam Sandler performance I'd ever seen. Yeah, and if you don't have your own personal sauna at home, yeah. this is a nice replacement if you're looking for a good schwitz for about three hours. Yeah. Anyway, love your pod. Keep doing what you guys are doing. Bye. Thanks, Maggie. Thanks, and, Greg. And, and Graham. Graham. Sorry. Graham. Thanks, Maggie and Graham. Thank you. Uh, okay, Ian. Amazing. Ian, question. That was amazing. Yes. As a as our resident PTA, yeah, fanboy. 
this movie punch drunk club i know it's i it's like killing your children or whatever that saying is but if i had to ch- they're different we won't judge they're you they're different they're different. I I would probably say Punch Drunk Love gets the slight edge, but just Ooh. I think only because I could watch uncut. I can watch Punch Drunk Love more times. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like yeah. that's. I mean, Punch Drunk Love is you schwitz in as much. Yeah, it's intense, but it's not same. like this. Yeah, it's not the same. So that that would be the only thing I would say there. But both are like yeah. perfect and movies. Basically, absolutely do not watch uncut gems hungover no. that yeah, is just no. like sounds awful it's like motion sickness yeah sounds awful. i know <laughs> sounds cool <brutal. laughs> uh man anyway that was uncut gems that was fun thank what you for the voicemails and the tea content um so how did y'all feel about the uh our first journey on like our continuing exploration of chinese bookie did you like it I, d- I did. That was so much fun. Yeah. I, I, I do have to say I might cheat because I have a feeling. Not I have a feeling. I know. I think I might have to change my film. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, you can keep us updated. <gasps> I don't know what that. it is yet, but yeah. I just feel like I don't feel confident in my choice. And okay. I, I just feel like I need. Okay. So by, by next, I promise by next week, I'll, I'll have figured it out and I'll update on the Instagram if it happens before we record. Uh, okay, but I just perfect. feel like I just okay. want I, I just want to see if we well, can. Well, you have find... to tell us next week anyway, right? Don't That's what I mean. Us? Yeah. So by next yeah. week for sure. But if I know before that, I'll definitely let Instagram know. Um, okay. I just I think this is such a fun experiment that yeah. I just want to have more fun with the choice. So well, well, and it's good also. Like if as we're watching more things that keep you thinking about Chinese bookie, yeah. I think that's an interesting way to like. Oh, maybe this movie is more 100%. like it or, or not. So mm-hmm. I like that. Um, so, but boom, remind us again. Where are you taking us next week? Very excited. So next week, we are having our first PCA meeting mm-hmm. as a family, mm-hmm. and we will be watching Boogie Freaking Nights. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Boogie Nights. Yeah, baby. I'm very Derek. excited. I haven't watched this in a while, so it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. I'm, I'm pumped to talk yeah. about it. And, and a tie-in, PTA's first movie... Part eight is part, part eight. of the Gamblers uh, film collection that uh, Killing of a Chinese Bookie is, is on the Criterion oh. channel right now. Oh, that's funny. So if you oh, want to wow. get a little bit extra PTA, uh, you can check Heart out Part eight. Yeah. 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 I've never yeah. seen, so maybe I'll dive okay. in. Okay. Maybe I will yeah. check it out. All right. Sweet. Well, thanks, I'm everyone, so for excited. hanging out with us today. Don't forget, special announcement coming Monday. So check your feeds for that. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Ciao. Bye.